Today's deep dive is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, cufflinks.com. Head on over to cufflinks.com slash DVR for all your men's apparel needs, baby. They've got cufflinks. They've got tie bars. They've got pins. They've got ties, socks, all the awesome stuff that you need to look good when you step out your door in the morning or when you turn on that computer and you're on Zoom. Because let's face it, people, you still got to look good. Come on, enough with the bedhead. We're a year in, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We got to start thinking about the future, people. Looking good out there in public. So head on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order, no minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome to One Mike to Delvin Cox Experience and Daily DVR's deep, di- deep Dive into Loki. It's a lot of Ds. Today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, entitled Lamentous, directed again by Kate Heron and written by Bisha K. Ali, who is, she had worked on sex education, so another connection because the director of the first episode directed an episode, no, oh, actually Kate Heron, I think, yeah, who directed all the episodes, has had directed and met a lot of people on sex education. And Bisha Ali also is the writer and showrunner of the Miss Marvel uh, TV show that is going to premiere in, I think, the fall. Uh, is it that soon? Yeah, I think so. I think it is, yeah. yeah. I think they just finished or they're finishing now. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty cool. So I really, I just want to take a second to say, I really like the way we saw this on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Same thing with WandaVision. Marvel is really using these shows to create like its own in-house kind of stable of writers and directors. And they're putting, they're bringing them in for the movies and the shows. And I, I really like that. I kind of like the studio like system. It is a studio, but you know, the old studio system that they're kind of developing there. Cause we've seen them do that with actors and some directors But over the course of the 10 years, they have recycled, you know, some people have not come back into the fold. So I like the way they're doing this. Um, Again, if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please do leave a like, subscribe, write us a review. Also, we're going to be talking about, um, and you should check out Mike's instant reaction to this episode on the One Mike channel. I am Axel. You can find out more about me at dvrpodcast.com. And with me, of course, are Mike and Delvin, who have already talked a little bit. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, ready to uh, achieve my glorious purpose of talking about uh, <laughs> about the show. So, nice. uh, yeah, uh, another another fun episode to discuss. Yeah, it's going to be great. How about you, Delvin? You enjoy this one? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I do want to touch on what you said just a minute ago about how Marvel gets these directors that are little known and kind of bring them into the fold. I think that's smart because I'm quite sure the Russo brothers would like that. Yeah. And to add, to add on to that fact, I'm quite sure Marvel's not getting the Russo brothers for the same price they were getting when they first started making Marvel movies. So it's kind of smart to bring in these directors that may be a little bit cheaper who can still kind of put out the same quality of content that you probably want. And even if it's a drop, it's not that much of a drop. 
and they can kind of still build those directors up to the movie level. So I, I, I like what they're doing so far with that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Uh, and to, oh, I'm sorry, Axel, you can go ahead. No, that's all I was. I was just agreeing. Oh, oh yeah, and to kind of piggyback on that too, like I like. I like the idea of having kind of like this, an in-house set of people because you can kind of get everybody on one page as to what you want to do. And that way no one's kind of like coming in and like fucking up the aesthetic or, or whatever it is they're trying to go for. And this is kind of this isn't an apples to apples comparison by any means. But like when you don't have that and you have different minds and different creatives all working on the same project, you end up with Star Wars Episode 7, 8, 9. I where you don't have that. that. Yeah, where You're you don't right, have dude. that kind of like... Uh, yeah. everybody's on one page kind of continuity because even even with these shows WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier and Loki, they're all different shows they all have a different vibe to them but at the end of the day I'm not looking at it like uh, WandaVision was cool, what the fuck was Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki's okay like you know it's like it, they're still like they still feel like Marvel content and they still feel like they align with one another and they're going to align with the films and it's going to be really cool and it's not we don't end up with a Star Wars seven eight nine situation where they don't they don't feel cohesive. Yeah, yeah. I totally I agree, agree with, with that. You. Yeah, and, and I like that <clears throat> Marvel is putting out content that can be a seven or eight in terms of the quality consistently. That's good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it looks like they've learned that lesson. You see, with the Mandalorian and kind of letting Filoni um, and uh, and what's his name. Uh, Favreau. I was going to say uh, the guy from Swingers. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> that's I think how, that's I right. still how I think about him. Like that? Oh, yeah. Swingers. Yeah. You don't remember yeah. that? That's how yeah, I think of that. Favreau. Yeah. I he, thought you were talking about Vince Vaughn. And I'm oh, like, no. Yeah. What? Favreau <laughs> wrote. That's his buddy. They were they were roommates in Hollywood. And oh. Favreau wrote Swingers with Vince Vaughn as a vehicle for to launch he and Vince Vaughn's career. And Vince Vaughn had one role before that, but then that was really their breakout. So I still think of Favreau as the guy from Swingers, like to this day. He's like, it's money, baby. It's money. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they're starting to do that too, which they should have done. You're, you're totally right, dude. That's a great analogy because... Man, if only they could redo those Star Wars because they were just such a mess. And yeah, if just they had, one guy, yeah, just they, do all three. Dave yeah. Filoni, yeah. Oh my God, he just, just give him the franchise exactly. At this point. Totally. Looking at what he did with Mandalorian, looking at what he did with the cartoon series. Yeah, just give it to him. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. I'm and, honest, and they're doing it right. And this one, this was a this was a very fun episode. Um, there wasn't a ton. There was some plot things and things we can pick up. But generally, there was a big plot thing. Yeah, that's true. But generally speaking, for me, it was like the vibe of this episode I really liked. It was very Doctor Who, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, just that crazy kind of like Ragnarok, that kind of like space opera zaniness. They're just running around. And even the, I felt like some of the effects in this episode were I'm not going to say that they were bad, but it's just sometimes it did look like they were in like a 1950s kind of sci-fi thing, you know, like you could kind of tell a little bit that they were in that volume thing and they weren't really there, you know, in TV the ball. Budget. Yeah, TV. Exactly. And, and they kind of use that to their advantage when Sylvie is um, 
interrogating uh what's her name uh eight, what was it uh C Hunter C20 and the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the background kind of changes and you mm-hmm. can t- look, they kind of played with that so i felt that there was an this whole episode felt very dreamy and almost like it may have been a, an illusion the whole episode and there's some talk out there some theories about that um claire wrote on our facebook uh about that uh but overall i just thought this was such a fun episode and the casting of sylvie was great she is really fantastic i read an interview with her and she had worked with kate heron um on a short film and that's how they knew each other and that's how she got cast so again marvel being smart not forcing someone into that role right but listening to the director who says, hey, I know this English actress. She's not really big, but she's amazing. And they give her the role. And there she it's is. Probably cheap. Yeah, exactly. Totally true. Cheap. And they're getting it on the ground floor with her, right? Mm-hmm. Building trust with the audience, too. So I just thought that that was a smart move. L- but- Let me ask you both a question. Did y'all, did y'all figure out who Sylvie is yet? What do you mean figure out who Sylvie is? I'm guessing that. Well, I, mean, I guess that makes my answer no. <laughs> but I, not. I haven't because yeah, like I'm. Just, I kind of. I don't all the lore and stuff. I'm not sure of, but I'm interested to hear. If you Google who Sylvie is, is basically she basically is Enchantress from the Marvel comic books. The se- her name lines up with the, the second Enchantress. From the comic books. That's why she kept saying, don't call me Loki. Even though she's a variant of Loki, for comic book nerds, she's the enchantress. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. What, what, um, what significance or storylines or how would we know of her? Or how would the character of the enchantress kind of touch the MCU that we know already or are going to know? She's a major Thor villain. And she's usually seen with Loki almost like a sidekick, but she does the illusion things and things like that. She's part of the Masters of Evil. If you watch the um, Marvel animated series shows, she's almost in all of those shows in one version or another. So she's in Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. She's in Avengers Assemble. She's in a lot of that type of stuff. So she's a major Marvel villain. Hmm. I like how they're... uh doing doing things similar to WandaVision where you had Agnes and then like people speculate like who is Agnes and then the whole time Agnes Agatha Harkness it like it made sense and then now you you seemingly have hopped on this enchantress thing too so like I I, I kind of like that how they found a way to uh introduce a a villain character but in a kind of like roundabout yeah. kind of way. It's not like here's here's Enchantress. It's like, nope, it's actually like we're gonna make her also a Loki variant and Lady Loki and Enchant like like there's so many different angles that they kind of took to get there as opposed to just throwing her on and like here's Enchantress. I like the I like the kind of figure it out kind of deal uh for the for the for those villains. That's kind of cool. Yeah and I think each show has done a good job of that. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't blatantly tell us that was US agent but you kind of figured out as well. Okay, this is U.S. agent, and this is going on. This is this character. This is this character. I, I like that Marvel's not throwing that in your face. Like this is who this person is. Yeah, I, that's very cool. I, I think too that, um, like Mike said, 
the kind of connection to the magical realms, which this is continuing, but the way that they're remixing these characters continues to be great. And, you know, like, I mean, I'll say it again, coming from covering Game of Thrones for however many years where like the book people needed it to be the way it was in the book or else they got so upset. I have to hand it to the comic book crowd for being open to these kind of changes and remixes and having fun with it instead of me hearing after every episode like, oh, they fucked that up. Damn, you know, like <laughs> yeah, D&D did it again. I, I think that, you know, let's give a nod to the comic book fans who often get uh, get a lot of shit. Not that they don't deserve it a lot of times, but that it's kind of cool, you know, because coming from this, like I said, I wasn't always a Marvel fan. It's only been the last couple of years that I reassociated myself with it after reading different comics and oh, some of this, but mostly different comics when I was a kid, um, that I think that that's neat that Delvin, you can have that history, but be excited by the fact that they remixed their, that in there. And I thought that this whole character of Sylvie was really interesting. And, and I think the way that she is so dominant right from the get-go like we literally were just introduced to her you know like she had one scene and then she really did great in this episode not only the actress but the writing too and picked up on a variant of loki right like she is in many ways has a lot of the same aspects as the loki that we know but she's also a little bit more like the Loki we were introduced in the beginning, a little more confident, right? Because Loki was more confident when we first met him uh, before he found out where he was really from and all that. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. So I think that it's been really awesome that they can really just throw a character in here in one episode and she explodes like this. What everybody is talking about and we should talk about it too is like the big reveal that Loki's bisexual and she's bisexual. I saw headlines and they were like the big reveal. And I was like, I really liked it because it wasn't a big reveal. They just kind of mentioned it. it and moved episode. On. Yeah. They just moved on, you know, like, yeah, you're right. They talk about last episode too. So I don't know what you guys have to say about it. Besides that. That's it, not, not a reveal to me. That's, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's 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 not a reveal in the sense of like you look at it like uh, I already kind of felt like I already kind of knew that Loki had a very fluid sexuality and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's a reveal in the sense of uh, put, I don't want to call it brave necessarily, but putting something like that on Disney, like like yeah. you know where okay this this is probably this is our first non like just straight up heterosexual main character, right? Like there's no other characters that are just not straight up heterosexual within the mcu anyway i I don't think i don't think so but the weird thing the thing to me is like i just don't associate mcu and sexuality in any way shape or form do you know what i'm saying like so even when um say black widow does her little sexy kick thing or anything a lot of times like dudes laugh or they're like okay you know like it's it it, 
I just don't associate it. So um, I don't know that I had to think to myself, I guess this is the first character that is not heterosexual. But then again, I don't know that all the other characters have said that they're heterosexual. I thought that for the longest time, um, I thought that uh, Jeremy Renner was going to end up being gay early on. And I think a lot of people did. And then he had a family and kids that we never knew about. Right. So (laughs) it's like, I don't know. It's a weird thing with the MCU and sexuality in general. I just I kind of turn that part of myself off when I watch it. But I mean, me, me. me too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me, me too. It's just, it's just the the they the, the reason I, I I find it interesting or, or commendable at least is they could have not done anything. They oh, could have totally. just not addressed it. And I don't want to say address it because it makes it sound like they needed to do something. But like they could have just been like, this is a Disney show. We don't need to talk. We don't need to even allude to Loki's sexuality. But the fact that like like Delvin, you know, already said like you know you a lot of us know this already. They didn't have to put that in there. But the fact that they slid it in there, just re- very subtle, and then went away from it, like, I, I don't know. I thought it was cool because like they could have done nothing, and they didn't have to put that in there. But they did, and they did it. You know, I think well. They didn't make a big big deal out of it or anything like that. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I think it was cool the way they did it, where it just was like a passing thought or something like that. I think that when you do it in a way like that, it doesn't come off like pandering. Yeah. Because Definitely. if anybody who follows Greek mythology, they know Loki is gender fluid and things like that. And yeah. Plus, it's Marvel comic books and things like that. We, we know the history of the character, so we kind of can put two and two together. I'm, I'm glad that Disney is not shying away from that and actually is kind of like, hey, no, we're going to do this our way. And Disney has been known, even though people, and people give them flack for it, to be more open with characters Today, as they, than they were in the past, like there are a lot of cartoon shows now they have that they have um, gay characters, yeah. gender fluid characters, and things like that. I think um, I want to say one of their shows, the son of the show, his dad, he has two dads, so it's cool to see that Disney's kind of opening up yeah. their doors, doing more of that type of stuff, and just kind of showing, making it normalizing it essentially. It's dope. Yeah, I've also I, seen a lot of articles and inquiries about that, too. Like, people have been up uh, various Marvel executives' asses about Loki's sexuality. Like, oh, is Loki gay? Like, pe- they, like, people have been, like, on that ever since Thor. They've been up their ass about Loki's sexuality. And again, they could have they done nothing and continue to do nothing. But I like the fact that they slid that in a, a little bit. Now all those people can shut up, and, <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's fine. Yeah. I, I will say this. It, it, it does add context to Thor Ragnarok and the whole what's the guy name who was running the um, the planet Jeff Goldblum know. yeah Jeff Goldblum but I, yeah. I don't know well, yeah. I don't Jeff, remember his name in the movie for if, some reason if I remember correctly Jeff Goldblum's character was gender fluid as well oh definitely yes yeah yeah, yeah, so that was it makes obvious, more sense yeah. that Loki were to come there and immediately become friends with them, uh, hanging out yeah, with them and stuff yeah. like that. And they made reference to that in the movie. Yeah. Now that you mention that, you're right, Delvin. You're right. See, mm-hmm. that's cool. I like your, that's true. And like you're saying, Mike, I think it's cool that they did it too because I'm all about that. Love is love, and I think it representation is very important. We just had the first gay NFL player 
well, out NFL player because well, I was second technically. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Sam. I'm like, why do they keep saying he was well, the first? Because like, Michael, well, another guy came out. Yeah, but before. technically, Sam something. Michael, Michael Sam. Sam. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't get. They didn't pick him up. That's exactly. The he didn't get to play oh, a full true. official game. Yes. Oh, okay. He only played preseason. Yeah. He was oh, okay. only on a practice squad in preseason. He never even made the like full team. So, oh, so that's why they stress yeah, first act. Not the shit on the dude. You know what I'm saying? He was very brave, too. And he was mm-hmm. coming out yeah. of college and he was drafted, too. He was the first guy to declare before the draft, right? So yes. that was very brave of him, too. Um, but like I said, with, with Loki and like with the NFL, too, like someone said, that guy might be the first NFL player to declare that he's gay, but guess that is no way the first NFL player that was gay. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and guess what? There's a whole lot of them right now, too, right? And that's the same thing like we're saying, too. It, for representation, it's very important. It can play into the storyline. I think, actually, we had a great um, Facebook comment from Claire in our Daily DVR Facebook page and she thought it was great poetic justice that she felt like Loki was like literally falling in love with himself. <laughs> That's a Loki thing to do, you know, um, and that she's not sure that it'll go that way, but they hinted towards it. And I think that that is a fun part of it, too. Right. Because the thing of Loki is like it's not that he's gay or straight or bi or whatever. It's just that. He's just so enamored with himself, he wants to share it with someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to, like, fuck the other person. He just wants to be like, look at my glorious body. Behold. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's funny. And that, you're right, Delvin, too. That plays into the classic Greek mythologies and other mythologies that are part of Marvel, too. And I think that's a cool part of Marvel. I've always thought it was really neat. That Thor is Thor. Like when I was a kid and I was like for the longest time, you can, I was like, wait, is that the same Thor that I heard? And then when I read the comic and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool how they did that and integrated our own mythologies because there's a reason why Superman was invented by two Jewish guys invented the Christ figure. Do you know what I mean? Like this is, these mythologies are a part of us. And when they go to that level, I really like it. So I think that that's, that's really kind of cool. There was a lot of cool music. They set the tone for this in the music too. Like right in the beginning, there's like sexy music that's happening. You probably know who that was that song, but I don't know because I don't know any music. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now. I knew it when I heard it, but I can't yeah, remember. I, can't remember either. I'm, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like an old man. Um, You're not like an old man. Oh, that's right. I am an old man. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, but uh, what, what did I wanted to? I wanted to ask you all a question. They did spend a good amount of time with Sylvie tricking hunter c20 into telling her where the timekeepers were how many people are guarding them was there a greater significance to this or was that just showing us that she can play these tricks or because i just felt to myself like this is a long time that we're going we're doing this and the trick in the beginning where they weren't really where they were made me think again and claire brought it up too like did either of you get the feeling that maybe 
some of this was an illusion or there's something else going on or Loki's being tricked or the TVA or Sylvie or something, or is it just me? Um, I, I, I interpret it as uh, them showing, like giving us the visual representation of what she later explained. Like when he, he asked her, like, how do you do this? And she said something like, you know, if, if they're really strong minded, I have to kind of like create a, a a different world in their head so that they can, you know, the trick or whatever. Like, so she explained it. I've looked at it as like they showed us that visually so that we would understand what she was saying when she explained it later. And then also at some point, again, I think it will probably come back and we'll see it again. And it, it will be a little bit more impactful. Uh, I think next time we see it, but yeah, I just looked at it like, yeah, that's, Oh, that's the thing that I looked at it like, Oh, so that's what was happening at the beginning. Like, like, you know, like you could tell, like she was fucking with her head, but like when she actually explains like why she has to do it that way, I was like, Oh, okay. That makes a little bit more sense. And then that also tells us that Hunter C20 must have a stronger than average mind. And if they're all variants, I kind of took the similar approach to it as Mike did. And also, when I saw that part, I'm like, okay, this is not just right, like Loki. That's when I started thinking of the Enchantress thing. Like, that's more of a Enchantress type trait to change the whole environment where a person's at and completely manipulate them to believe something that may or may not be true. So, like, oh, that's interesting how they did that. And I like, I like that they showed us that. And it kind of makes you feel like what we saw in this episode could be true. Or it couldn't be true because there are moments in the episode where she could have very much tricked Loki into believing what was happening at the end of this episode. Well, doesn't she have to? She would have had to touch him, though, and he he stopped her from doing that because she tried it. She tried to actually touch him to, and then he was like, no, so you can, this is not what he said, but he said something like, no, so you can fuck with my mind? No, we're not doing that. But (laughs) again, remember, she told him this. So don't trust Loki. Mm, yeah. <laughs> in any form of fashion and also there's a moment where he gets completely wasted and drunk yeah That's I was wondering true. about that too and then I also wondered and, and I think you guys can give your take on this too because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger right like how are they going to yes. get off off Lamentis and the whole time the o- and the only reason is I can't figure out why but the whole time I never believed that the temp pad was broken like yes. he took it out and is like, oh, it's broken. We're stuck. I'm like, bullshit. You just put it in a pocket dimension like you do your fucking knives and like you did the Tesseract. <laughs> like you just put it in the pocket dimension and it's perfectly fine. But yes. then what's the what's the end game on that? Like why make her think that they're stuck? I they w- could leave. I'm curious if, and I think this would be cool, if they were both tricking each other. Jesus Christ. Like, like yeah. she made this world up. That he thinks he, that the planet's going to blow up so he, she can get a temp pad. Loki knows she's tripping, tricking him. So he, that's oh See, God. I like this, Delvin. This is what I mean. Because I, I tr- when I rewatch the episode, it happens so quick. They jump through the thing. She's in the TVA, right? She yes. takes out some guards. Then he appears. They start fighting. Then they turn around and uh, what's her name? Um, Hunter B-15 is there and she throws them through some portal, right? Or Loki grabs the thing to go away, Loki, get away. Yeah. Okay. And then they're gone. And that's when they wake up on Lamentis and they're in another apocalypse that's happening. Right. And it made me think, okay, did 
did she did were that were all the apocalypses pre-programmed into that thing like why did they go to an apocalypse i, I assume that too and then because because when they go through she's like why did you send us here and i'm like yeah. he didn't send you there on purpose so then the, i then i had that thought like i wonder if these apocalypses are almost like pre-programmed into this so she could just kind of like float exactly. around with almost like a like the uh the person the presets on a radio exactly that's what i was thinking that she was like it's like home on google maps or whatever mm-hmm. right like she but then that just made me think what delvin was saying is that's kind of her illusion right like the apocalypse is she'd know that so i don't know we could be thinking too much into it and it could be could just be. very simple um the end that that end when they are just racing to the ship and then it explodes. So that was so hilarious. And more and they've done this many times before in the MCU, right? Like they're going to get some oh, we can do it, and then it just totally ends in failure. Like when Andy's saying they love to destroy everything. Um that was but I've gotta think that this there's gotta be like a cameo here, right? Like either Either Owen Wilson saves them in some way because we didn't see him in this episode. And he and now that we found out, like we mentioned, that all the TVA are actually variants. They're not created and made by the TVA. Maybe there's a different plan going on here. We saw this stuff with Owen Wilson when he was fighting with Ravona, kind of like their inter office squabbling. Maybe there's like a larger plan that's happening here, but I also think possibly a cameo that someone swoops in and and like rescues them uh, from the Marvel Universe. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I, I like that this show, unlike WandaVision, when you can speculate about things and you won't get too carried away with it. So if it doesn't happen, you don't get disappointed by it. <laughs> like WandaVision, I think at this point from WandaVision to now, we kind of have our expectations measured just enough. But we don't get, with WandaVision, I think everybody kind of got out of hand. Like, oh, this is going to happen. We're going to see Doctor yeah. Strange. We're going to see that. With Loki, I feel like while we can see something that may be a major character, we kind of know what to expect and who to expect and what level of a major character we can't expect in terms of, okay, if we get somebody like, um, who I think of smiling, who's a, a, who could be a major character, like one of the warriors three, that seems like, that seems feasible. Yeah. As opposed to, Hey, here's captain Marvel out of nowhere. Right. No, that I agree. Yeah. I think it would be some, you know, because I guess this, when we, we also don't know when, I don't know if they said it, when this is too. Did they say when this was? Because that could also depend on who swoops in to get someone else. And it's connected to a different history that we don't know. Because we're also, we're not only in some crazy far off world. But it's at some time that we don't know when this happened. They went all the way back to Pompeii before, and it's 2077. Oh, okay, it's 2070. So it's in the yeah. so it's in our future. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. That brings up another interesting thing, right? Like who they could throw in there if somebody does pop up. But we, like you said, we don't want to go too far off there. But I, th- I think that th- that whole last scene, too, just to give a shout out to it seemed like they tried to make it like appear that it was kind of like a one shot mm-hmm. in which it probably wasn't. I have to do a little research, but they can hide I them. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was either. Um, but they did. They did. They definitely went for that. And I liked it. I appreciated that. That's why I didn't really check, because I don't think that they, I think they were just trying to go for that feeling. And it was really, really awesome. And it gave me a lot of the feelings like the films do, where it's just this entire, you're thinking to yourself like, wait a second, the entire planet's going <laughs> like to, it's not, it's not like they yeah. have to escape a city or a wave or something. It's like the entire planet. And I, I love those stakes. Yeah, and you know, 277 is not that far away, by the way. It's not, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not like it's 100 years in the future. That's like 50, 60 years away. Yeah, even we, could, we could still feasibly MCU, be around. Yeah, uh, even an MCU timeline, that's, we're in the same timeline, so it's yeah. like 50 years away. You, you know what it reminded me of, that final sequence? And uh, Delvin, I don't know, did, did you have you watched Game of Thrones, Delvin? Yes, I've seen the whole show. Okay, you know what it reminded me of, Axel? It reminded me of the... Um, you remember the loot train episode? I think it's like season seven. Yes. It's called Spoils of War. Of course. It reminded me of the scene where Bron is trying to get to that big arrow that yes. he Drogon with. Yep. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, yeah and it's just like that. Like, he runs into something and it's like, oh, here's a thing. Oh, I can't. Oh, something explodes and it. And it fo- Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Something did Mike's whole house explode. Are you okay over there? Can you still hear me? Yeah, we yeah, can hear you. Where my controls go? Like my controls went away. And everything? everything we we oh, can see. We see your beautiful I knocked, fan. I knocked oh. my microphone into my cup. Oh, but, um, in yeah, the like, cup? No, I knocked it into a cup. Oh, like okay. My water cup. I, it, okay. My microphone hit my cup. Well, my dude, cup that was over. perfect timing. Oh, so don't worry there about it. Is. it. That okay. was that was brilliant. That was amazing. Control bar. But yeah, I thought that's what it reminded me of. I thought it reminded me of that that bronze scene in yeah. the Spoils of War episode. I I'm right there with you, and I mean that's classic. Gosh, honestly, a scene like that goes back to the origins of film, like the Runaway Train, and you know what I mean. It's it's just pure entertainment, and that was what this episode was great for: the fight scenes and the running around and. Just the little kind of MacGuffin things like we have to charge the temp pad. We have to, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just you throw, you, you know, sometimes you're like, what are they doing again? And then they remind you, <laughs> we got to charge the temp pad. <laughs> and then he pretends he's some old dude. And, you know, but the one of the, probably the most important part was when they sit at that bar and they talk and they have kind of a conversation with each other. And this is where we learn a couple of different things. They talk a little bit, I think, about the sexuality too, but they also talk about how their histories are different, how she knew she was adopted, but she, and she's been, the TVA has been like chasing her her whole life. Like where in the way that Loki had everything that happened with Thor, um, you know, when his whole, Odin and his whole family dominates his storyline, her story, he is actually stepping into her storyline. 
that's what I thought was interesting when when they talked about that because that's the way she's seeing it. Like I've been fighting this. This is while you've been running around after infinity gems that we use as paperweights. I've been chasing and fighting the real oppressor here, the TVA. And I thought that was an interesting part. Also, of course, the part where she reveals that the TVA people themselves weren't created by the timekeepers, but they're actually variants that have come to work there. Couple points there, but I want to ask you guys, do you think that Owen Wilson and the other people know that they're variants or do you no. think that? Okay. That's nope. interesting. And I, I think that's, and I think that harkens back to my theory from last week with the, the whole thing with the, the cup ring, being on the table and i was saying like i feel like this has happened over and over and that she was saying like now i feel like and th- th- i think in the first episode there's a, a a brief little dialogue between the two of them where uh mobius alludes to some other agent like oh you have some other agent that you like huh and he like asked her about it multiple times and i i feel like that kind of harkens back to that like literally it's been mobius it, the, this other agent that. is actually another Mobius variant. Yeah, that's it's or it's been him the whole time, and they're just relooping. Or that, yeah, that, yeah, and it does play into the idea that this, like, you know, I always ask myself whenever I'm watching a show, why am I watching this story? You know, like you always say when something like Die Hard, why did we pick this? day in john mcclain's life well because this is the day where they take over nakatomi plaza right so why are we in this and i love what you're saying mike because i think it plays into me like again maybe who's protecting the timekeepers who are they maybe they're no one the man behind the maybe it's sylvie herself so it just makes me think that this all of this stuff has to be connected Like you're saying, the stuff that's happening in the office with Ravona, Loki and Sylvie, um, the enchantments, right? Like, is she enchanting everybody? Is Is there a bigger enchantress that is doing this whole thing? Is the TVA even real? It makes me question all that kind of stuff. Were those the real stones? Or was that whole thing just a ploy to get Loki to believe that this was really powerful. You know what I mean? Like I'm just starting to question everything from the beginning. If it was all just a big ruse to somehow trick maybe Loki into doing something like he has to let her go or have a power or something like that. Basically. Would would it bother you if that was the case? Not at all. Cause I'm along for the ride. Similar to, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just along for the ride. I think that would be a lot of fun. I feel like some, I feel like people, some people, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fall into this category, but I feel like some people might be pissed kind of looking at it the same way as like, if, you know, a character wakes up and you find out the whole season was a dream, you know, something like that, like the who who shot JR shit, like, I, I, like, I feel like there'd be people who'd be pissed about that if it was like, oh, none of that actually happened and it was all a ruse just oh. to trick Loki into, you know, telling her his fucking pin code. <laughs> like, like, who knows? Oh, you know, I, I, I would love that. Yeah, I don't know that I would be. I don't think I would be upset about it. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really enjoying 
the ride on this show. I really am. And even when we theorize and talk about that, unless it's when it's something that kind of goes against what has, if some, if a character does something that's totally out of whack. Um, but that's why, like even that WandaVision episode where they just explained everything to us, I wasn't really upset. I kind of figured, okay, maybe some people need it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, (laughs) that's, that could be true, but I just figured, you know, Hey, but one of those people might be like my son, a little kid or something, you know what I mean? So if it be, if it's a simple thing in the end, or it's like a big trick, I'm not against it. I just, I'm starting to feel more and more like this is a show about the great trickster and it wouldn't it be fun if in the end, the whole show was a trick, was a ruse for another purpose it i'm 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 actually feeling more comfortable with that actually i kind of desire that from the show i think out of all the shows we've had so far a big plot twist makes the most sense in this show i know people were like i said earlier people were suspecting it in WandaVision Cap Falcon and Winter Soldier we knew what we knew where that story was going to end up at mm-hmm. anybody who was paying attention this feels like you can, especially if you add on to the fact that, technically speaking, Loki's story, quote-unquote, ended with uh, Infinity War. This is kind of almost like bonus content that they can probably add into the MCU and bring him back. It kind of leaves that door open. But the Loki that we know, his story ended in Infinity War. So... That's if they true. wanted to like mess with our heads and things like that and kind of flip the tables, I'm fine with that. Especially since, I, if I remember correctly, they said this show is getting a season two. What? I think I think uh, I did hear something like that. Oh, that I didn't know. I didn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't. I know that recently they were talking about just in general the season twos of these shows and if they'll be. I think Kevin Feige. Feige, how do you pronounce him properly? How the fuck do you pronounce his name? Yeah, yeah. Feige. Like Feige. Are you okay, certain? Because I've heard multiple <laughs> pronunciations, <laughs> and I have not heard him say his name. Okay. Like I really want to know how the fuck to say. We're that gonna shit. call I've him heard Feige. I've heard Feig. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. It's a hard name. He should just change it for our for us. Um, <laughs> call it. Call himself Kevin. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Jones. Kev. Yeah. We're gonna call him Kev from now. Kevin Cox. Kelvin Cox. Kevin call Smith. I, Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin Cox. Kelvin Cox. That's good. <laughs> That's his secret identity. Um, yeah, I heard something about that where they said maybe. I mean, I think it all depends. I think they're doing a good thing, and what they'll probably do is all get in a room and say, "Hey, does this make sense?" You know, when we plot out the other ones, and one of them probably will end up with a season two, and another one won't. But it won't be the same kind of thing. And I don't really, I honestly, it is a new way of looking at TV because I really do see these as part of a continuum of the whole MCU. So it doesn't really matter to me, honestly, if there's like a second uh, season or not. Um, Let's see. What else do we got? Did you all find it? I didn't, I didn't, I don't know if I, if you all commented on her backstory did you find anything of interest in that or, you know, how she was adopted too? they told her up front, you know, she gave us a little bit of who she is as a person. Did you find any value in that or anything you want to comment on? I just thought it was an interesting backstory. I think that um, I'm fascinated by her character 
and how they're doing it so far. And I like that, that she is strong-willed, strong-minded. And like you said before, she reminds us of the Loki from Avengers. Yeah. In terms of how, even how she fights, she fights more aggressively. She, when she was taking all the other guys, all these soldiers and stuff, while Loki was kind of just almost there. <laughs> I, I, I like it so far. Like, I like where it's going. I'm curious, and you mentioned it earlier, not to change the topic, but I'm curious on these things, on how this story is going to end and how, because we're led to believe that, I can't remember the guy's name, all the guys who, who work for the company were, ver- were former variants, correct? Right, yeah. So we also should assume that they had former lives that were wiped from their mind. Yeah, and I think and that's why? like the scene where we saw Sylvie going into Hunter's mind. That I think that was real in terms of that moment happened. It just didn't happen with Sylvie. She's pulling things from her actual mind. Right, and that didn't seem that long ago either. Yes. So I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in seeing how they're getting away with all these variants that are now working for them and they have no recollection of their past. And what happens when they find out about their past? Will they find out about their past? Hmm. That's an interesting theory. I like that. It is, because it makes you think, too, if they were all variants, what made them... Are they variants like Loki? Are they all like time criminals? They're all people who took advantage of time travel to profit or for themselves or mess with the time, right? So let's think about it. When they first explained it, the the person didn't necessarily take advantage of time. They just had to make a mistake that would alter their reality. Ah, okay, okay. That's interesting point. And that's why they had the trial. So if the trial, the trial was determined. Was it done maliciously? It was done maliciously. That variant would be wiped from existence, supposedly. We, we straight up killed right then. And if it wasn't done maliciously, they would wipe their mind and put them back in the timeline where they were at. And they wouldn't notice that anything happened. But I guess they weren't doing that. What they were really doing is wiping their mind and turning them into a TVA worker. With certain ones, I think that's what they were probably doing. Like certain people they were killing straight up. And ones they felt like they probably could work with, they were just making them TVA workers. That's really interesting, man. You think about it wouldn't take this is one of those stories where it wouldn't really even take somebody like a timekeeper to do this. It would just take someone who is able to trick the first few people. Right. It's like a pyramid scam, right? Like a cult or something. You just need to get the first five and then that convinces everyone else that it's real and that it's been around for so long, you know, and it could be it very well could be that this whole thing is relatively new, you know, like they're playing it out like this is some ancient thing that exists outside of time. So that's a great point, Delvin. You think about they have to have a past history. Um, yeah, I was like thinking about why was Owen Wilson obsessed with jet skis? 
Was he like a, did he ride on jet skis in his past life? (laughs) You know, like, no, I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and another thing it could be, was there some grand event that caused there to be a lot of variants, right? Like, are they, are they becoming variants against their will? Did someone else do something that caused a time ripple and then they were just around to witness it or try to change, try to make it right in some way that they didn't even understand what they were doing? Like Delvin's saying, they weren't maliciously doing this, right? Like they were trying to live out their own life. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, there's got to be a backstory there to all these people and who they were. to the blip too. Oh, oh, man. See, now I'm hesitant. Do we get this deep? Is it going to be? Could it be? (laughs) Or is it going to be a simple thing? Because I like this now. I'm excited. If you add add to the fact that Enchantress literally knows how to go into people's minds. Yeah. That could be the reason why they're hunting her. Like she probably can reverse the effects on some of these people. Maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's an, an maybe it's an experiment or a enchantment that got out of hand. Right. Like that she created it. And now because one of the things is that would be too similar to WandaVision, though. I don't know if I would like that. Mm. Like that, that, that's the same thing Wanda did. True. Very true. Is that similar or is that good writing? And, and that, is that keeping themes consistent? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> so it's too similar. Depends if you like similar. it or not. Right. Um, is it foreshadowing or is it just recycling? Uh, <laughs> that's the, that's it's all in the delivery. So I kind of, yeah, I agree with that. That's interesting, but because they do say, you know, and a lot of articles and even the, um, the, uh, the little blurb on this was like, um, you know, Sylvie Loki finds out her grand plan and I was watching the episode and, and I, when I rewatch it too, I was like, did I miss something? Because he just says she wants to take out the timekeepers and the TVA, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we already knew that. That's, that was obviously her plan from the beginning, yeah. right? So, there, so is the reveal, is it greater than – that's why I think it's got to be like there's got to be something more to it. That she had a, a part in starting this accidentally or on purpose or – is it is like you know i don't know her mom or dad was you know what i mean like owen wilson's her dad or some shit you know so they could play into the whole loki thing right? oh boy <laughs> or her brother owen wilson's her brother you know that would be like where's her thor Interesting. Mm. if there's a loki for everyone where's a thor where's the Odin? right like we have like if you start thinking about it that way I don't know. We could go Did on. Did they and ever on. even say anything about who her parents were? Like she's like like she said that they told her, but did like did she specify that her like she has an Odin? No, she just said that. Um, she said her mom was no good, and he said that his mom was like a saint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's basically what they said. So. She, even though she knew she was adopted, he had the better upbringing is basically the gist of the conversation. Like he got adopted into the rich family and maybe she got adopted into the bad family. 
That's kind of what yeah. I took from it. I did not expect to be going balls deep on this episode. Yeah. Here we there are. We go. I've seen a bunch of balls today. Right. <laughs> I will not stand Same up thing. anymore. <laughs> yes, for those watching, I am I am sitting on my floor because it's 115 degrees outside in Portland. So I am not in my garage. And these gentlemen have been getting a nice eyeful when I stand up. <laughs> but I will try to close the Zoom before I stand up and end this one. But uh, I think that's all we got. One other thing I want to say is I do look forward to Owen Wilson coming back next week. I missed him. He's great, and you don't need yeah. to be in every episode. But I missed him. Same. So, I did, too. He's a great one. He's fun. And I kind of do think... That he's going to pop up and be like, come on, Loki, let's go. You know, you're just standing there <laughs> with his his nose is so weird. Like, I just yeah. I can't stop looking at it. He should fix that. Yeah, I think it's I feel like it's getting worse. Like, if you go back and watch like Wedding Crashers and then watch Loki, you'd be like, no, his nose is is it's deteriorating. I like, it's something going on. Here. Yeah, but as he we get old money to fix that nose. I don't know. It's a signature thing, dude. I think I think he's a great looking dude. He's just an interesting looking guy, you know. Maybe yeah. maybe he's maybe he's keeping it just like uh, Anthony Davis keeps the one eyebrow. It's like his thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's your it's his signature. Yeah. I mean, you see his brother. His brother's like super handsome. So I think they're just you know they got good stock. He's just got a weird nose. I think there's a story there that he broke it a lot playing some sport or something like that. Um, but we'll have to figure that out for the that'll be our background research for next episode. <laughs> uh, but for now, I'm going to go jump in the pool. Anything else you fellows would like to say? I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for downloading. Thank you, Glenn, for the uh, great info last week and, and back that up with some more info this week. Thanks to Matt and Gareth and Tim and all the people on the Facebook for not chiming Tim. in. No, not Tim. Yeah, fuck Tim. That's true. He's a DJ. We got enough of them. Everybody's a DJ. Um, he's a good one, though. Check out Twitch Out Tuesdays, baby. Um, <laughs> DJ Tim Hines. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading DVRpodcast.com. Go to the Delvin Cox Experience. And one mic. We'll see you next week. Peace. 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 Today's deep dive is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com slash DVR for all your men's apparel needs, baby. They've got cufflinks. They've got tie bars. They've got pins. They've got ties, socks, all the awesome stuff that you need to look good when you step out your door in the morning or when you turn on that computer and you're on Zoom. Because let's face it, people, you still got to look good. Come on. Enough with the bedhead. We're a year in. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We got to start thinking about the future, people. Looking good out there in public. So head on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today.